Here's the man, the myth, the legend, and the author of a brand new book, Mark Schaefer. Thanks for being on the Nonfiction Brand Podcast. Good. You know, I guess I'm a myth to some people. Who knows? We can explore that further, perhaps. No, you you truly are. I mean, I've seen, I've had the pleasure of seeing you speak a couple of times. And every time I see you on stage and hear your content and what you're sharing, I go, well, that's a big duh, except it's a completely new duh. I mean, you do what all good people who are really artists at what they do do. They make the incredibly difficult to come about seem effortless. Your ideas and your point of view, certainly it puts into words a lot of the things that I've been thinking for a long time. And so I guess part of it is confirmation bias, the fact that it comes out of your mouth and I've been thinking it, yay, we're on the same team. But I think one of the things I love about what you do is you bring in ideas that are not hardcore contrarian, but they're definitely in response to perhaps the mainstream thinking of things. For example, your new book, Belonging to the Brand, Why Community is the Last Great Marketing Strategy. That's funny, because all I hear about is marketing is all about AI, and it's about using AI to leverage our puny carbon-based brains to create micro-messages to audiences all over the world that are fragmented in digital space. And personally, between you and me, I just want to vomit. Your book literally was tonic to my soul. And I'm going to stop talking, but I just want to kind of set it up for you. It starts with your dedication of the book, which reads, you pick up a book, start with the dedication, and find that once again, the author has dedicated a book to someone else and not to you. Not this time. Just because we haven't met yet doesn't mean we won't in a community someday. It might be just the best thing ever. So this is for you my future best friend. Mm. That's kind of an interesting dedication. What made you write those words and put them at the very beginning of your brand new book? Well, I think it's very sad implying that I don't have a best friend yet. (laughs) (laughs) There is that, but I wasn't going to bring that up. Well, I mean, you know, look, this is my 10th book and I've had lots of opportunities to dedicate my books to people that I love and people who I admire. And I just thought, you know, this is a book about community and the bond of community. And the dedication is sort of unusual, but it's absolutely true. It's absolutely true. I have a community. We're in, you know, kind of like year two. And I've met more people and created more friendships in the last two years than probably the last 20 through this community because we're collaborating, we're connecting, And the idea behind the book is, wow, what if you could do that with a company? What if you could do that with a brand? And I'm here to tell you, you can, and maybe you should. Yeah, and you kind of really make that clear in the first couple of pages of the book, because you you literally have a a little section in here called Connecting the Trends. And I'm going to add a little preamble to this, saying that this book is based on connecting those trends. Those trends being, one deteriorating effectiveness of traditional marketing. Yeah, I think we can all agree that's happening, right? Two, exploding levels of mental health problems. Holy cow, you are not wrong about that, my friend. And then three, transformational technological developments on Web3 and the multiverse that will help people gather. 
So that that's that third one kind of interests me because the dystopian thinker might look at the developments of Web3 or Web3.0, depending on who you're talking to, as kind of this coming apocalypse, kind of fragmentation of society. And so we're in this metaverse of ready player one strangeness, or it could be an incredible way to unite people in their kind of micro tribes all around the world, no matter where you are or what time zone you're in, you get to find the people who are similar to you in terms of thinking or desires or passions and interests. And so yeah. I'm, I'm getting that you're looking at this as both a challenge and an opportunity at the same time. Am I getting that right? Yeah, I mean, I, I vote for the more optimistic view, and, I, and it's already happening, not just with, with young people, but even like people like me. I hate when they, people call me seasoned, but, you know, I, I've got the gray hair to, to prove it, I suppose. You know, so I'll give you an example that one of the things that we do in my community, we're dedicated to looking at the future of marketing, to discern the future of marketing and to, you know, help each other be relevant in our, in our careers. And we do experiments in the metaverse. And there are people there from all over the world, Australia, Europe, Asia, and we all meet in the metaverse and we all have our, you know, characters. They, they kind of, they basically look like us. And we start off each like little party we have with a dance. We like dance and we're learning how to move. And a few weeks ago, we had an art show. People created, you know, AI generative art and we displayed it on the walls. We learned how to vote in the metaverse. And then at the end of that event, we were in a hot tub. It was a digital fake hot tub overlooking these beautiful snowy mountains. It was winter time, even in the metaverse. And the sun, the fake sun, was, was setting over our fake hot tub. And I was in this hot tub with our digital clothes on, with people from Ireland and Belgium and Australia and Italy. And it was glorious. It was so much fun. And how could you ever do something like that with people from all over the world? And we were talking and laughing and sharing stories. And people took pictures of that, of, of us sitting in the hot tub with this beautiful sunset and shared it all over the web because it was such a profound moment. And so when you cut through all the hype, and you cut through all the complex jargon of Web3 and NFTs, tokenized economies, and the metaverse. Millions and millions of dollars are being spent to help us gather in new and important ways. So, I mean, I think that's, that's the key idea and how it can help community. Yeah, that, that whole idea of those technologies existing for connection as a primary directive of those technologies, I think is huge. And misunderstood by a lot of people because we're used to the broadcast model, which is that New York, DC, Chicago, and Los Angeles broadcast out how we should be thinking. And some of us are old enough to remember three networks only, and maybe a couple of UHF stations. And that's entirely changed so much so that you can eat only the hamburger you want to eat on broadcast stations or cable stations to your detriment. And we certainly have seen that in action. And I want to talk about a concept in the book that you start out with in chapter one. You talk about the loneliest generation. 
What do you mean by the loneliest generation? Are, are you talking about your generation or is it the girls who are growing up on Instagram? What is it? In a way, it's a metaphor for, for all of that. But specifically, one of the things that prompted me to write this book was the headline I saw in the New York Times that said the loneliest generation. And it had lots of data and research and statistics showing how our children, our teenagers, are suffering like no other generation through record levels of isolation, disconnection, depression, even self-harm. And I mean, it's so different than any other generation. It's not even close. And this was not caused by the pandemic, although that accelerated it. It was not caused by children spending too much time on screens and social media, although that can be part of it. It's, it's a complex problem that has been creeping up on us for decades. It does affect every generation to, to some extent, and, and there's just an increased amount of isolation in the world. Part of that comes from the collapse of many social institutions that used to be our homeroom for belonging like churches, like civil and social clubs, like, you know, the, the Lions Club or the Rotary Club, something like that. Even youth sports in many places is in decline. A lot of leagues were canceled during the pandemic and kids went online to play esports and never came back. So it's, it's a complex cocktail. But one of the solutions, and I'm not being Pollyannish, I'm not saying, you know, start a community and change the world, but we need community. We just simply need it. It's not that we want it. We must have community to be a really fully formed, fully functioning, psychologically, sociologically healthy person, even physically healthy person. And so this is an interesting concept in the book that this is a business book. It talks about community through the perspective of brand marketing, as far as I know, for the first time. It provides an unassailable business case for viewing community as a brand marketing strategy, but one of the side benefits is it's not only a marketing strategy that works, it's a marketing strategy that heals. And I think that's really interesting as a marketing professional. I think you're exactly right, because we've always had brand communities that have existed. All you have to do is look at 50 Harleys going down the highway next to you, and you look at the people and go, oh, yeah, there's my accountant. There's my lawyer. And they're all right. part of a Harley group. Right. So they found a tribe that they belong to, and they've selected. Mm -hmm. Other people are brand loyal to the point where they get tattoos and things like that of those brands. But I think you're talking about something entirely different, which is that brands and branded organizations, companies, even products and services need to start looking at building communities of not just fans, but family. Is that right? Well, sort of, sort of. So, I mean, one of the, the things that I point out in the book, and I think this is an important point of differentiation that people have found very helpful, is that there's this emotional continuum in marketing. I mean, we used to build our brands on advertising, which we don't really see anymore. Most companies are very active in social media, but those are relatively weak relational 
links. If we you know, say, hey, everybody, buy our product on Twitter, you know, it's, there's no commitment there. It's ephemeral. It's like throwing a message in the bottle you know, into an ocean, the LinkedIn ocean or the Facebook ocean or the YouTube ocean or wherever. So the real strategy is to connect with new people on social media and bring them into your audience, which is a subscription to your content, just like your show or my blog, or perhaps a, you know, a video series or a podcast or something like that. Now that creates a much stronger emotional connection. If I go to my blog and say, hey, everybody, I have a new book out, lots of people will, will buy it. And that's good. That's an audience. It's the same as what Seth Godin wrote about in his, in his book about tribes. Many, you know, that book's got to be at least 12 or 13 years old now, right? What Seth was really talking about was an audience. Now, this is where most businesses stop. They don't then move their audience to a community, which is different. And it's the strongest emotional connection, the ultimate emotional connection. And a community is different from an audience in three ways. Number one, there's communion. The people in the community know each other. The bond they have with friends they have in the community is just as important or more important than the bond they have with the brand. And it creates a layer of emotional switching costs between you and the, and the competitors. Because if they leave you, they leave their friends and they don't want to do that. So literally, they belong to the brand. Number two, community is, it has to be centered around a reason to gather. This is different than a mission statement or a point of marketing differentiation. This is a purpose, a belief, a value where your purpose for being aligns with the interests and values of your customers and you figure we can do whatever we want to do together better together than if we were alone. That is a powerful reason to gather. And then the third point is that it evolves, is that the community evolves, it changes. It's not based in some mission statement carved in stone because, and that's the power, the real power, magnificent power of communities is that a brand is a never ending journey of relevance. And if you let your community take you where the world is going, that helps you stay relevant. So those, that's the difference between you know, social media, an audience, and a community, and how they're connected. Oh, man. You are hitting me right in the head, because let me share with you a, a story. Way, way back when word-of-mouth marketing was kind of the WOM, was really getting attention. I'm, of course, doing my research on that stuff. And I came across a website for the brand Fiskars, the guy, you know, the orange scissors guys, yeah. right? Oh, I know, I know that case study very, very well. Yeah, yeah. The Fisketeers was... I used, to, I used to teach that case study in my... Yeah, thanks for reminding me of that. That's one of my favorites, yeah. Oh my God. Well, because I'm trying to figure out what is this word of mouth marketing? Is this just a new buzzword for a repackaged best practices that people have always been doing? Yeah. And I went on fisketeers.com. I don't even know if it still exists, but it doesn't, doesn't. Uh, it, it's too bad because it was a brilliant it's premise. 
Yeah, Fisker's got it was one of the most brilliant marketing strategies ever, 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 ever. The guy who started that was Gino Church, and Gino was absolutely brilliant. He's you know he's he's still around, but I mean, creating a community of people who love scissors, yeah, is incredible. Now, but you bring up a really interesting point, and it's grounded in this that in this in in the world today we don't believe ads and we don't believe marketing messaging but we do believe each other i mean word of mouth marketing is more important than ever and this is the beauty of community because someone in my audience might buy my book but someone in my community first of all everyone in my community everyone is going to buy the book they're not just going to buy the book they're going to promote the book they're going to share the book they're going to buy extra books and give it to their friends because that's what a community does. We're like a neighborhood trying to help each other and support each other. Now, there's this incredible things that happen. I mentioned this, this hot tub thing, right? We're in the metaverse and we're doing this hot tub. And people, it was just such a profound moment. People took a picture of that and shared it all over the internet. And here's what happened. People said, Mark, this was amazing. I feel like I'm missing out. How do I join your community? How do I get involved in this? That, my friend, is word of mouth marketing. Yes. Yeah. And that and 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 so the, the community can be the real petri dish of that. Maybe, you know, that's kind of an ugly word, <laughs> kind of associated with well, virus. It's, it's your what beta it, test, it's part right. beta test group, it's part it's leading just, indicator, yeah. leading economic indicator. And right. it it's also a, a thermometer and barometer at the same time. Yeah. When I was on that Fisketeers.com site, I'm like, okay, it makes sense. They're talking because Fisketeers.com was basically a community that had several Fisketeers yeah. who were paid community managers for right. scrapbookers That's who right. used Fiskars products, Fiskars yep. scissors, et cetera. Yeah. And I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, that's really smart. That's really, really cool. I go a little deeper into their kind of old chat boards, you know, their, their kind of groups where people could get together and talk. They weren't talking about scissors. They were talking about Gloria is going to have a baby in March. I'm yeah. starting a pool on the gender, the weight, Aww. and what good names would be, who was yeah. in. And then right. 50 different women and some men from around the world chimed in to participate on something that had nothing to do with scissors that had nothing to do with Fiskars, but had everything to do with the community Fiskars created. Mm-hmm. That blew my mind, and yeah. I saw the power of that instantly. And I'll be honest with you, Mark, I have tried to sell that idea to a couple of different people I work with several times, and they will not buy it because they can't understand it. Yeah, why, why do you think that is? Why do you think that is? I think part of it is operational, like, well, how much does that cost? Do we have to hire new people to do this? Uh, blah, 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 blah. Oh, legal liability. What if someone posts something that starts a, a flame war? All, you know, everything, all the reasons that good marketers shoot down great ideas. You know, yeah. let's face it. Risk is involved in what you're doing, what you're talking about doing, which is creating community. Because once you create that community, you are the sheriff in that community. And you have mm. to make sure that, and most people, if they get into the, past the kind of filters to get into your community, they're probably quality people. 
But yeah. you you can't be absent from that community yourself. You you have to be an active participant and dare I say benevolent father in your case or benevolent mother if you're a female. Mm. So that even if you're having the party and you're telling everyone to bring their own beer and their own meat and I've got the grill and I've got some music on, you still have to make sure that Uncle Weirdo doesn't get too drunk and start hitting on the you know somebody else's wife or whatever. So yeah. There's a little bit of risk there, but what I'm hearing you say is if you aren't willing to take that risk moving forward and you're relying on old techniques, you're dead in the water. Well, I, I think it's just this simple. Is is like I've been in marketing more than 40 years. I can say with some authority, this is by far the hardest time to be in marketing. How are you going to rise above the noise and it's just going to get worse with ai and chat gpt pumping out content all day long it never gets tired it never gets sick it never goes on strike and the world is just going to be even filled with filled with with even more noise it's going to be more difficult more expensive to compete and we already talked that about you know ads ads don't work they're being blocked they're being dismissed and they're not they're not believed so we got to find something new. What the heck are you going to do? Now, community is hard. It's not fast. It's not easy. But all marketing is hard. Why not try something that works? And look, this is unfamiliar. It may not fit on your marketing dashboard. It might not be as easy to measure as some of the other things that you do. But this, I mean, let me tell you something, my friend. I saw a, a, a newsletter from, it's a, it's a, a Gen Z agency that creates this Gen Z trends newsletter. And the newsletter this week was all about community. It was almost like they were reading a script from my book. Literally, it was unbelievable saying, we're lonely, we're disconnected, we're isolated. We have got to have community. Who's going to do it for us? So it's like you, you've got a choice. Sometimes you, you, you got to move into something different. You got to put down your algorithms. You got to put down your email automation. You got to, you know, you know, forget about your Facebook ads for a minute and just reassess. What are you doing? What are the options? Are you keeping pace with the culture? We've got your customers. We've got this young generation that are longing to belong. They're crying out for connection and, and, and help. Now, Someone in your industry is going to create a commune. And when they do, just like Fiskers, there's not going to be a second scissors community. There just isn't. There's going to be one big badass scissors community, and it's going to be dominant. I hope it's you. I hope it's whoever is listening today. Sometimes you need, you, you, you can't always keep up with the pulse of culture and measure. Sometimes you got to move fast, try something new, take a risk to tr keep up with the pulse of culture and figure out the me measurement down the road. Oh, you are so right. And let me tell you, I'm so glad that I'm going back to two consecutive weeks with the same guest format because I want to plumb your mind even deeper. And I want to just give a little teaser for next week's episode. We're going to be talking about a pronouncement you make in the book that stipulates that a brand community is a business strategy, not just a marketing strategy. That's a pretty provocative statement. 
and I want to go deeper into that. But for now, I've got to end this episode of the Nonfiction Brand Podcast. I want to thank so much my guest, Mark Schaefer, for being on. And as always, I'm your host with the not-so-most D.P. Knuton, and he is Mark Schaefer. And I'll be talking at you again next week. Bye-bye.